Welcome back to the Trav Says Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. We are healthcare travelers and the creators of Trav Says. Trav Says provides on-the-clock, off-the-clock resources for healthcare travelers. On-the-clock being our course, Traveler's School, which is badass, baby. And our off-the-clock being our Trav Says Adventures, which we are coming back from Peru with two amazing groups and gearing up to leave in 18 days to go start two more groups in Bali, which is going to be one of our favorite trips on the Trav Says docket. So without further ado, here we go. Oh boy, this has been an interesting, we just recorded our traveler quick tip and Kim had some aggression, some coughing, some... I'm a little wound up. I'm yeah. a little feisty. Mm. I'm a little hormonal. Yeah. I'm still recovering from a sickness that I've had for like weeks, it feels like. Yeah. So pardon me if I'm having a little bit of a cough. I will do my best. What's up with the voice? <laughs> I don't know. I was just watching you do the intro and you looked like, I don't know, like a, like a robot cabbage patch. A robot cabbage patch. Yeah, it was interesting. So then it like gave me this voice. Well, I thought I nailed that intro. No, you always do. You do you're, you're so good at it. I, I'm so glad I don't have to do it. <laughs> well, you just stare at me and do little like <laughs> mouthing things and like smiling and laughing. and. I like to just watch the master do his work. Okay. It really so, turns me on. Yeah. So a couple announcements before we get into the episode. Number one, um, we are going live. That is right. You heard it here. L-I-V-E live. Live chat. On our Instagram at Kim and Aaron G, and this Sunday at 11 a.m. and in our Facebook group, Eastern Standard Time, and we're gonna do a little chatty chat with you. And so, come hang out with us. Bring your coffee or mimosa, and we're gonna have a topic. Espresso martini. Yeah. Tequila. Yeah. And we're gonna have a topic. We're gonna answer some cues, and it's gonna be a good time. So. This Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard, come hang. And then also, a couple more announcements. We still have a couple of spaces open for our, our Bali January trip. Um, it's the only Bali trip that we have any open spots for. It's The dates are 127 to 27. So if you are interested... I thought it was 126. 126 to 27. Yeah. So if you are interested in wanting more information about that, we have a full Bali guide that breaks down the itinerary, the price, all the things. Reach out to us. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a very interesting podcast. <laughs> and we will give you the deets. Reach out to us at Kim and Aaron G on Instagram, or you can email us at hello at I'mTravSess.com. And the final announcement is we will be releasing... Travis Oaxaca, Ooh. maybe. <laughs> we're still going back and forth of if we're going to completely push it back until next summer or if we're going to do this November trip. We're just waiting for this hotel to come through, finding a hotel to host our group in the peak, peak season of Oaxaca has been a little more challenging than we thought. And trying to book it in July with in you know October November date. It actually, people plan ahead for Oaxaca, which is 
crazy. Because it's the peak peak. It's the peak peak because it's coming off the Day of the Dead, which we tried to do around that time, and it was just crazy. And so we did our research trip in between the two uh, Peru trips and got some really good information. But really, we're on the ground for the last, like, you know, every single day during that trip trying to find a hotel that could fit our group. Um, that was realistic in pricing and in a good location and had everything that we wanted for breakfast and nice rooms and showers and hot water because that's like a thing so it wasn't just a straightforward of like going on booking.com and finding a hotel there's a lot of intricacies that went into Oaxaca that has not gone into any other location that we have traveled they don't have the same infrastructure to support a group yeah um it's more limited so anyways stay tuned for that if you are interested in that trip make sure you're on the adventure trip interest list which you can do on our website at imtravsess.com under the adventure tab make sure to join because we also share all the details about all of our trips which we're going to get into a little bit in this podcast because we have planned 2024 holy shit yeah so that's what we're gonna get in well we're not really but we are okay let's move on okay so obviously um we came back from peru we the last podcast that we had done we had batched uh before group two started which was really nice because we didn't have to think about it we could just be present with that was amazing it was awesome just being able to know that podcasts were being released and we had them done and we could just focus on you know the group dynamic and that was actually like really cool and so we haven't really debriefed that second group um i think like just in a nutshell a for uh, like the group was awesome yeah you know i think again like we i believe that what you put out there you get back like i just do with energy with everything that you do and i think just that naturally the people we attract on our trips are just great people like they're cool they're open-minded they're down for anything they want to have a good time they're down to have an adventure and like get gritty get off the beaten path they're flexible they're like i just we attract really cool people and like we've never screened for a trip or like tried to you know like uh, like basically these people nitpick yeah these people just signed up and it was like everyone's always perfect Mm -hmm. and so i'm so grateful for that that our trips are always just so i think that we put that out there and we just naturally attract the people who are going to be a good fit right for the trips well i mean we've done this is our god that was our sixth trip Mm -hmm. sixth group yeah and so we were just really looking at it and we're like man it's just crazy like it's funny because we really realized that everybody fit such a cool dynamic with their personalities and it's like funny because we were like if we would have substituted like two people out of you know group two and put them in group one it wouldn't have been the same like everybody's personalities fit for the group 100 percent. and it was just insane how that naturally happens right like it's just a perfect mix of like strong personalities you know humorous personalities with quiet personalities and like if you intertwine two of the you know, bold personalities, it, it wouldn't have worked as good as it worked. Yeah, it really was. It was like absolutely perfect. And even just seeing, you know, the friendships that are born, like when we were there, um, two girls from our Peru trip last year went to Napa Valley together. So they were sending pictures of them together in Napa Valley. And then one of the... Who was that? Uh, 
Erica and Lauren. Okay. They, they did? To, yeah. Wow. I'm just so cool. They're out, they're also both coming to Bali with us in January. That's awesome. Yep. And then um, on our first group this time, one of the girls, um, she had fractured her legs and right before the trip and unfortunately like wasn't able to do the full hike. She did kind of a different version of that trip. And so, but she was so awesome and she was able to do a lot with the group. And so two of the other girls that like they became really good friends with are now they're all going, I think it was Colorado to do this like hiking thing because she feels like she wants like now that her legs are healed, she wants, it's like a 20, a 20 mile something. I don't know what exactly it was. Who's going with her? Um, Lisa and Lori. So they're all meeting to go do this thing together. And I just like, I love seeing these like friendships Mm -hmm. formed and these relationships that are formed by bringing people together of like-mindedness to go have an adventure together. Like that's my favorite part of these trips is just seeing these people are now friends and now they're moving on and doing things together. Totally. We have friendships born. We've had some relationships happen. We have our, our first trap says baby coming. Um, that was conceived on the trail in, in Patagonia. Patagonia. We'll leave the name out, but um, <laughs> we'll, we're definitely looking forward to that. Like maybe the name is, is Traver or something. Um, Trav. Trav. Baby Trav. Baby Trav. Um, I'm open to. Um, Travina. Travina. Yeah. That's a beautiful name. It really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so big things are happening in the, in the Travis community and it's just continuing to grow and grow and couldn't be more grateful for the group that came. It was just an amazing experience. Salkante for Kim and I was definitely easier the second round. Uh, the first round between Kim's knee and honestly, like that was the most difficult thing I'd ever done physically. I just, I couldn't breathe. Um, just, I couldn't catch my breath. And so that was like very bizarre feeling for me after coming off of, um, you know, hiking Dead Woman's Pass on the Inca Trail. I thought, oh, like, It'll be tough, but it's not going to be anything like that. And being able to do Rainbow Mountain perfectly fine, but it was tough. And so the second round, Kim and I actually looked at each other and we were like, that's it? Like, yeah. we're already there? Like, that's crazy. I, I think because also we knew what we were getting into. I think, you know, the first time we did it, we weren't sure to get to the south, like that, the pass, like our highest point, our hardest climb. How long really is that? What is that really like? We weren't really sure. It's like it just goes on and on and on and on. And this time, like, I feel like we had a better understanding of what to expect. So I think mentally it kind of prepares you. Maybe that's why it felt easier. But I remember the first group, I was literally like, I felt like I was crawling up and I was like, I can't keep going. This is ridiculous. And like seeing the summit and crying because I had made it. Where on the second one, I was like, oh, I'm here already? Like, this is nothing. Like, I thought I had so much further to go. Like, it just felt like a walk, not a walk in the park. It was so hard. But it felt like it went so much faster. We're like, what? Like, this took no time. Well, totally. And I think I learned, too, from the first group, like, we did um, Umate first, which is like a 14,000. Then you come down, and then you hike up again to the top of the 15,000 peak. And I just, like... I had like a formula, a different formula. Like I ate more. I had more snacks. Like Kim and I went and bought like goo and we had like Mm. energy things. And like those little, like 
I noticed crawling into lunch on the first time, I literally felt like I couldn't take another step. I was going to collapse. And I just knew like, okay, I don't want to feel that way. So I rationed my water well. Um, I had an extra bottle of water than, than what my three liter was. Like I had snacks on the ready. I still cannot eat a Quest bar to this day because oh. <laughs> um, I had so many of them. But I just noticed like your calories, you don't want to eat, but you need the calories to get up there. And so I had that formula and literally like was into lunch and like felt perfectly fine and was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Well, it's like anything you, you do something, you, you learn, you have the experience, you see what worked, what didn't work, what would you do differently? And for us, we do the same thing back to back so we can take what we would do differently and apply it the second time around. So I feel like we're always stronger and we're always more prepared because we've learned from the first time. Mm -hmm. So anytime we've done it the second time, we're always like, oh yeah, that was so easy. Yeah. Like it's always like that. Totally. And I think the dynamic of the group um, was awesome. Like everybody did what they had to do. They got up there. I, we had two, two people hiking tennis shoes. Oh my God. Like I was concerned. But I don't know why now that I look at that. Like, I'll tell you why. Okay. Because Salkante is all loose gravel and you like rocks are constantly moving and, and like like your steps are so unstable and it's just like you need grip like you know it's just there's a lot right you gotta have good sturdy shoes so when they showed me that it was a couple and they were wearing a ton of shoes i was literally like fuck this is gonna be an issue but they're like no they're comfortable we're gonna be good and i was like well let me see your, your tread and she shows me and i'm like literally there was no, no tread nothing it was smooth and i'm like smooth is like a like a baby's bottom i'm like this this might be an issue, but we're like, it's too late now. We're starting the trail. Like, let's go. They ended up no blisters, no, no pain. They felt like, I think she felt like once or twice, but so did I in my, in my like shoes that ripped my feet to shreds. So like all in all, they were MVPs and winners of the shoe selection. Yeah. No, I mean, it was crazy. Cause I mean, Kim ended up having to buy another pair of hiking shoes in which she didn't even wear. She wore, she borrowed some shoes from somebody in the group. Thank God they had an extra pair. But like, it, it, we spent like $1,500 in hiking shoes between Patagonia and both Peru trips. I'm done with the shoes. Like, I, you would think with all the hiking that we do. Don't say we. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what, I need to take some time and really find a shoe that works for my foot because I did, I used Las Portivas the first time in, on the Inca Trail. My feet were amazing. Which those are still in our closet. I should have just brought those. Uh -huh. But I haven't really taken the time and I've had, so I bought these other Las Portivas in Patagonia last second and they were immense. They didn't really fit. And so on the first Salcante, I had really bad blisters. Like every single toe had bad well, blisters. Well, what's the shoe that you bought to take to Patagonia that you had to get rid of? Yeah, the um, Solomons, which yeah. I hated because they pinched my toes. They, those are just horrible, which another girl had those on this trip and I had to give her my shoes. My, It's a whole, it's a whole shoe swap situation, <laughs> but I basically had to give her the shoes I bought because her, her toes were falling off essentially. Mm -hmm. If you have wide feet, which I do, those Solomons, they're, they, they just 
clamp your toes. Like, but not only that, I mean, you got to think. Let we're me hiking finish. Fourteen hours a day, up and you know, up and down, crazy inclines and declines, and so your toes. And then your feet are swelling because of the altitude and like all of those things too. So, so the issue was that those, the first shoes I had were too big. I had all these blisters because they were like rubbing in the shoes. So I was like, I don't want to do it a second time in these. So then I bought another pair of La Sportivas in town and I was like, okay, I want them to be tighter because I don't want them to rub so much. And I put them on, they felt perfect. They felt amazing as I was walking. And then I didn't think about it. But when you're hiking like that, your feet are swelling. So you need to buy a, a larger size, which I didn't do. So then those hurt my feet so bad. So then luckily, one of the girls had a random pair of trail shoes that she brought that trail she was going to use as camp shoes. They were a size nine, which is, a, which is what I needed, a bigger size than me. Or, you know, <laughs> a bigger size than what I normally have. Those were a little too big. They were a little too big, but I wore those instead of the pinchers I had. And I gave the pinchers to the other girl who had the Solomon pinchers, which saved her feet because she's like, I don't think I could have done this in these shoes. So I saved her with mine. I took Carmen's. Those saved my feet, even though my feet, my toes and feet will literally never be the same. No. I still had blisters on all my toes. One of my nails, I had a blister coming up from the nail. From the nail bed, underneath the nail. And the nail was coming off. I mean, whew. And your knee. <laughs> so I was worried about the second hike because my knee gave me such trouble on the first one. But one of the one of the girls is a PT and, and she brought an extra brace. And because... Our friends gave us a brace to use, which was awesome. They met us in Oaxaca, gave us a brace, but it was too, um, it was plastic or, you know, it was like a, it was like a brace, brace. hardware. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Should I bring this? Should I not? And then the other girl just happened to have another softer brace for extra support. So I wore that and I had no knee pain. No, you did the whole thing. I mean, we were literally walking back on the first group that we talked about and like Kim was like, there's 0% chance I'm doing this hike. With the next group i just i can't do it like i thought i was gonna have to carry her to aguas calientes on the last day which was a five mile six mile hike and i'm like new no. and so yeah that knee brace saved everything it saved the day it was so i felt so much better with that um but yeah i gotta find the right shoes and just take some time to really do that before our next hike because I just have not had luck with the shoe department. Yeah, I can tell you one thing. The one thing that Kim and I have learned, and, and we still, I don't know if we have like the correct wording, but altitude, man, is an, it's an equalizer. And, you know, it's like one of those things of just like people are active, they're hikers, they hike in Colorado, but it's kind of one of those things I'm trying to figure out if you actually over dramatize it just to paint the picture but it's like one of those things of like if you hike to a 14er in colorado and then you stayed up there for you know and hike down maybe 2,000 feet and then stayed there for seven days and then kept hiking up and down 14ers for the next four or five days like could you do it and that's kind of the question because it's it's intense and a lot of people underestimate I think what we're saying and they get to Peru and they get to Cusco and they do these hikes and they realize like it's no joke. Yeah, it really is. And it's hard and it's a lot of mental, it's physical toughness, but it's mental toughness. 
I mean, even with my feet, right? It was like, how am I going to hike four days like this? Oh, no, this? my mom said, how do you do that? I know. Pain is pain. And it's like, because you got to be gritty. And it's like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to turn around and go back. I have to keep going. So I wrap my toes and I keep going. And it's like, you just have to click into another gear. And it's like that while, while you're doing anything hard, it's like, it's tough, but you have to click into another gear. You have to find an inner grit within you that can take you to that next level. And these trips, Peru is definitely not for everyone. No. It's just not. It's People love hiking. We all love hiking, but this is for a specific person. Um, and everyone on our trips are able to, to get through it. They're able to finish. It's harder for some than it is for others, but it does everyone kind of walks away of like that was hard as fuck but i'm really proud of myself even um we had a couple on the last trip that are like ex avid hikers right like they hike continental divide pacific crest trail appalachian trail like they're long distance hikers badasses beasts like the guy he's just he's a freak of nature Mm -hmm. like he really is um um you know so they're like oh they're gonna have no issues and even they were like listen like it was it was tough right Mm -hmm. it's doable but it was tough because of the altitude it just it takes even the most expert quote-unquote expert hikers are the fittest people and it does it brings everybody to the same level well he wasn't at the same level but no no no, he wasn't he was extreme (laughs) but i'm saying for most of us right like you can be the fittest person and all this you can affect you you can be the most out of shape person and not be affected it really it affects people so differently and you just don't know till you're there Mm -hmm. totally no i mean that was the interesting but everybody crossed the finish line every single person we had a couple people, one one poor girl, oh my God, she got a parasite um, like day two or day three in and then dealt with that for the entire the trip. entire trip. And by the last day actually started finally like eating, which I don't know how she worked out those 14 hour, you know, 13 hour days, just sipping soup and eating a couple pieces of bread. I, I, I literally do not understand mm-hmm. because... This trail is hard enough when you are eating, when you feel good, normal, mm-hmm. to feel that sick where she could not eat and, and, and to keep going. It's just like, wow, like people's just mentalities and um, determination. It's mm-hmm. so inspiring because I'm like, if I was her, mm. I might have turned around like on Rainbow Mountain, her O2 was 75. Yeah. She was vomiting. Her heart rate was incredibly high. Um, like, I, I'm i like... Well, she did turn around in Rainbow Mountain. I know, but I'm just saying, but like even on Salkante, she still was struggling, right? Yeah. So, granted, Salkante, Inca is... You can't do this. But on Salkante, there's a section of the trail that you can take donkeys to get up to the pass. Well, even the company has emergency donkeys, like waiting in case people need it and then we also found a family that was willing to rent a a horse to take it up to the top yeah but after the top it was game on yeah 
So yeah, once so the the pass is actually is obviously the hardest part of the trail, and so we had three people that took donkeys up to the pass because they they weren't able to make it to the top, or it would just would have taken like really really long time. So luckily that was available to the group mm -hmm. for that to happen or they wouldn't have been able to do it. So no. like on the Inca trail, there's no animals. So if you can't hike with your two legs, you cannot do the trail. No. Yeah. So luckily they were able to do that so that they could still enjoy the experience and they mm -hmm. could still enjoy the hike. Um, well, and there was options in like day three and stuff that they could take cars if they needed to, to the campsite, right? And like bypass the last half of the yeah. day. And, and things like that so there's definitely more resources it's not something that we're just like always promoting is like you know come on the trip and take a car and no. a donkey like we want people to go on these trips that can walk with their two legs and experience it you know with everybody else but we're just really happy that Salkante has that option yeah so that they were able to still experience it and not have mm -hmm. to like turn around and go back totally. um and everyone has their own experience and we always say like hike your own hike right like you know this is about you having your own experience whatever that may look like for you um and honestly going up that pass i kept saying this would be the scariest horse ride like those mm. are brave ass women mm -hmm. in my opinion like they are warriors because if i mm. was on the back of a horse going up it was so unstable you're on the side of a cliff it's like straight up like big rocks big rocks like i would have lost it well i mean you even said the last day you'll never ride a horse I'm not, again I'm not and into we were the horses we were talking about patagonia which was like one of the most magical horse riding experiences ever and you were like no nah, not doing it and I, you had grandma horse <laughs> who was falling asleep while walking paloma don't talk ill of paloma she was a beautiful queen i listen that was an incredible experience in patagonia and i enjoyed it i didn't i liked when we were flat i did not like going up which is what made me think of that because we were going up up straight up 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 the whole time and that's really scary to me who's someone who's not it comfortable on a horse the way you have to hold on and stuff like that's scary to me so horses are not really my thing well, like the, it was a cool experience but honestly like i'm gonna be on an atv well on top of that okay <laughs> i mean on top of that in patagonia you're steering the horse like at least in peru somebody else was walking and pulling it so it, it wasn't like you were using the reins and allowing it some to do of them were no i saw them a few times like they were trying to rain them because they were getting crazy okay I what, did. what did you see they were, babe? they were like going off the okay one of them was like bucking okay that never <laughs> happened but anyway listen it's not it's not my thing so kudos to them for being able to do it um i think also the last thing i'll say about this trip is when we, there was one more, like our last climb of the whole trail oh. um, where you can see Machu Picchu and it's like our final climb. And so we made it into like a competition <laughs> because also we did this on Inca Trail last year too on our second one because I think for us, we've already done it because I have mixed feelings about this because we've already done it. So a little competition helps with the the mental aspect to like give you something to push for and work towards well i had a competition the first time i did it i guess i did too but i didn't take it as seriously yeah um it was more inner competition because i also feel like 
it's about enjoying where you are taking pictures relaxing taking in the views like you're in the beautiful mountains i don't think it's about putting your head down and rushing up a mountain so i have mixed feelings about it okay can i stay on that real quick i also think that too when you're in the heat which we were the first time and you know it's your final climb the the next stop is camp and you've been hiking for eight hours that day and in your mind yeah you want to stop and take a picture and enjoy where you're at but i also know that we're about to get to a viewpoint to do that so like i don't want to sit and take a bunch of <coughs> take a bunch of pictures knowing that i still have another two thousand three thousand feet to climb like because i don't want to stop i want to keep going no and that's fair and i think that's where that speed came from on both trips during that climb because it is it's like it's really hot you're you're rounding out the end you kind of just want to be there um but i think in general my take on a hike is i would rather move a little slower but really enjoy and take in where i am right because i think just putting your head down and trying to race to the top kind of defeats the purpose right mm -hmm. depending on the situation whatever so this was our final our final climb so they say from from point A to point B, it's an hour and a half, mm -hmm. typically, for, typically, for you to get to the, the top. So on the first time, Aaron did 40 minutes? 45. 45 minutes, I did 50. So I was five minutes behind you. So the next one, we had five people. So you, me, Rachel, Carmen, Colin, Roro, our guide. So six of us. And Lindsay. And Lindsay, and we're like, okay, let's, it's so seven, so let's do this to see, because Colin is the beast that we are talking about. He's like the animal. He's not a human. I don't know who he is, <laughs> yeah. but he's next level. So he and Roro, who was our guide, were going to race to the top to see. Now, Roro is in these mountains every single day. He lives at altitude. He's a beast. Well, and when he's not on the trail leading a group, he's mountain climbing and hiking up to like 18, 18 19,000 feet, like actually like ice climbing and things like that. So he's a beast. Yeah, he don't play. No. So that was kind of how it originally started of like which one of them can make it to the top. My bet was on Rogue, so I'm like 100%. No. You weren't? You, no. you knew? I knew for a fact there was no way he's touching Colin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Colin is just an, a beast. Yeah. So... We all set out and I, and I was like in my mind of like, okay, my goal is that I wanted to finish faster than 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. And, but I also wanted to enjoy it because it wasn't as hot as the first time too. Very true. Thanks to Roro. Thanks to Roro. So we have, we had a whole nother setup that time to get there earlier. So the, we set out, we, and we also did bets. Of like, mm. okay, how long do you think it's going to take? So I think I said for Colin it would be like 28 minutes or something. No, you said 22. 22. I said 25. No, I said between 25 and 30. That's what okay. I said. And then, so he ended up making it to the top at what? 28. 20. I was I, it 20? I don't want to cut him short. It was either 26 or 28. I think it was 26. Beast mode. Yeah. 26 minutes. That normally says it takes an hour and a half. To do, it was a 25 hundred to three thousand foot elevation climb was it yes in an hour and a half it wasn't that much yes it was no or no the whole day was yeah no 
it wasn't that, but it was it was still like a lot. It's like, straight up. Yeah, it was still a lot. So, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> we'll wait. Um, he made it up in like I think it was like twenty six. Rolo was thirty four. Thirty four. Mm-hmm. You were third. Thirty six. Third. You made it in thirty. You were third. Thirty six minutes. Beast mode, motherfucker, right here. Like that's amazing. And Colin is twenty five. Yeah. You're forty. About to be forty one in eighteen days. No, in eleven days. Oh wow, that's weird. Wow. But you're a beast. So you did thirty six minutes. Carmen, Carmen was right behind me. What she did, literally, like, I think she was, like, 38. And then Rachel was, like, I think 40. Uh-huh. And then I was 45. Mm-hmm. So I made my goal of getting to the 45-minute I mean, mark. you crushed it. And then Lindsay was right after me. Mm-hmm. So it, we were all were up there, like, wow. Like, it's the best feeling. And then you're just waiting because you know everyone else is, like, yeah. in, the, like, but the I, shit of it. I gassed myself. Yeah, you like, were. I was gassed. Well, you almost passed out. You needed a Gatorade. You felt sick because, like. You almost pass out. I, I was, I was worried. puke. Yeah, yeah. I was worried because you, you did too much. <laughs> I did But it. I only came in nine minutes behind you, so smoke that. Nine minutes? Yeah. I mean, that's like me saying I only came in 10 minutes and, you know, behind Colin, who's a beast. Yeah. So there you go. It's I mean, relative. Nine, minutes, nine minutes is significant. Yeah, but I think it's still relative. Totally. I, I'm not downplaying what you did. I think it was, I couldn't believe I saw your little ponytail <laughs> just a popping around the corner. Like, I was like, wow. Like, I thought I was gone. I thought I was like way ahead. And it was like people were coming in, you know, four or five, six minutes behind me. And I'm like, damn, like that's crazy. Is that thunder? Yeah. Oh, we got weather. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Like we can, we'll talk about the um, other stuff next week. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think that's perfect. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. That'll be fun. Okay. Um. So yeah, I think all in all, this was such a fun experience. I think Peru, it was interesting because I love Peru so much. I love the people there. I love everything we do. It's just, I don't know, I think because we've been so many times now, but it feels kind of like a home away from home of just, I really love it there. I love the food. They have healthy options. They have good food. Like I feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, Um. When we were leaving, it was like I, I felt sad. It was like I, I was missing the people because the other weird part about what we do is that we're inundated. We were gone for six weeks <laughs> and we were with people almost every single day. So we're with a group of people, we're leading, we're organizing. There's so much that happens behind the scenes. I mean, we had three people go to the hospital. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like organizing ambulances to come and like making sure they got back to the hotel okay. And yeah. There's a lot. My grandmother passed away on the trip. Mm. Like, that was a thing. I mean, this trip, in a good way. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to put it in like, it literally felt like a year long. It, it felt <laughs> so many things happened. It was so long. And... It's like we did our first group. So what I was saying is like, there's so much going on. So I was like, we're on the whole time. So not only are we in charge of all the things, but we're also talking to everybody. And it's like, you wake up and you have breakfast together and you spend the day together and you're always with people. Like, 
that's part of the fun of our trips is why we get close is because we're always together. Like our trips are, we're together. Like mm -hmm. there's not a lot of separate, there's downtime and stuff, but most of all we're together. And then we went to Mexico and we were with our friends, Joe and Sarah. We were with them the whole time Then we came back and we did another trip. And so it's this feeling of, I'm so ready to like have some alone time and just be back in my own routine and have some quiet and like recharge my own batteries. But I also felt this sadness of, I miss everyone. I miss talking at breakfast. I, I miss our dinners. Like it, it almost feels weird to go from being with people every single day to then being completely alone again. No, totally. And I think too, like that is the part that, you know, I love the most. It's like, it's like hanging out with like your good friends for, you know, two straight weeks in a cool spot and like having a fun group that you can always reach out and say, Hey, does anybody want to go to lunch? And especially like these are new people for us, like in real life. So then there's so much to talk about and getting to know people and funny stories and their lives and how they met and like what, you know, like how the friendships began and like all these little things. So there's like so many cool things, which I just realized I want to clarify. My grandmother didn't pass away on the trail. Like she was at home. <laughs> And so I was away in Peru when my family was going through this. So that's what made it difficult. I did say like my grandmother passed away when we were on the trip. <laughs> I, not like she didn't come with me. She wasn't like on. Yeah. She wasn't riding the donkey and, you know, something happened. Anyway, she was back in the United States. With that being said, also like one thing I'm that gonna I... I'm going to circle back to that in a minute. One thing I also want to say is um, we also get really close with the guides that we're with. And I think one of the cool things about the Travis group, and it's something that we always will do is these are not people that are working for us in these different countries. They're working with us and they become part of the family as well. And we actually require that. Um, there's actually some company policies that state that they can't hang out with us outside of work, but like, or outside of leading the group. And, and we completely disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, they're family. They, they're they family. family. And it was yeah. like to the point where you know, we're saying our goodbyes and on the final night they come to dinner with us and we, I always like to say, why don't you, you're responsible for taking us to a local place that either has dancing or karaoke or somewhere fun that you would go with your friends so that we're not in some tourist bar or whatever it is and we get to like hang out. And so that's always a fun thing to see like where they take us. Um, and you know, the final night of like <coughs> saying goodbye to them and then like Roro was like crying on my shoulder Oh, and I was like, dude, we'll, we'll see you next year. But it's like you grow really close to these people. And then this was the first year that we ever showed up and had rapport and relationships with people in Peru. And even the restaurants, like the restaurants knew who we were. The hotel recognized our voices yeah, on it's the like phone. People it's, it's become family. And yeah. I think, again, we've talked about this, but, you know, we always say like, come as strangers, leave as family. And you're like, but like, how does that really happen? That seems like just something people say, but it, it really is like, I, it's like, I think as you're just so you spend so much time together in such a short period of time and you really get to know each other, you're doing hard stuff together and our guys, like every, everybody becomes a part of this family. And it's like such a beautiful thing. And it's like, you spend more time with them than you do even your own family, right? Because it's like, when do you ever just spend 12 days with your family? <laughs> right. Never. Straight. Doing extreme stuff. Never, right. right? Like, gosh, maybe we should. Maybe we'll get closer. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like, you just don't really do that very often. Mm -hmm. And and so it's, everybody becomes like this unit. And so I, I, 
I can imagine how like it would feel for people who have kids and then become empty nesters mm. where you, you're so used to like the chaos and the talking and the people and the this and the that. And the dinners. And, and it's the... like always, there's always somebody there. There's always things going on. And then all of a sudden it's just silence. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, this feels uncomfortable. And that's kind of how I feel. And, and I always bounce back really quickly because I like to be alone. Yeah. I love alone time. I need that time to recharge my batteries and reconnect so that I can gear up for the next one. But there, I felt really sad leaving, which I'm just like, why are you so sad? You've been excited to go home and now it's like, but it's because I like miss the interactions with mm-hmm. everybody, totally. you know? Well, and because everybody's so cool to interact with. Yeah. And that, that adds to the, the punch of it when you come home. Yeah. Because you just had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going to circle back to? The With your Nana, like, I think, you know, we didn't really address this. Um, like, because, you know, we, like, I don't, for me, like, somebody passes, I'm not going to, like, read, like, I'm not going to, like, talk about it all over the internet. No. Like, on social media. Like, that's something we share within our family. And it's like, so we didn't really address it. And it's like, we knew going into Peru, your Nana was sick. Nana is somebody that you are so incredibly close with. Like she and Papa have been together for 65 years. Like you guys were very, very close. Well, they were involved in every part of my life, every single day growing up. Like I knew two hours before any baseball game, Nana's and Papa's chairs were set up outside the, right outside the dugout, like always, every game, they were always there. And so we spent every weekend with them and we always went to their house and we did adventures and they took me on vacation and you know it was like they were a big part of my life until like obviously when i we started healthcare traveling it wasn't like daily but she lived with my mom and like you know so it was a constant constant thing and so yeah we knew nana was sick but keep going no i think she's just such a she's such a big big part of the family and such a a big light and so loved and just you know every time we would leave to go somewhere they'd always say goodbye like it was the last time like they every time yeah they're old um and and so when we went to peru she wasn't doing well we knew that we were hoping it didn't happen but you would talk to your mom about listen we need to plan a place because if if she does pass while i'm away do I need to come home? Like, because it's this, this tricky feeling of, you know, we're in Peru, like having the quote unquote best time of our life, right? Like having fun and traveling and Nana passes and your family is going through this really hard time. And it kind of just look the contrast of that where obviously if it was just you and I on a trip, we would fly home, oh, in, a we home in a second. But we're not just on vacation. We're leading a group. We're in charge. We're working. So it is a different situation. So you have this whole conversation with your mom. And of course, your mom's like, absolutely not. Like, I need you to be present with your group and all that. And But then it happened. Mm-hmm. And we found out like on a bus with a bunch of other people. It's like the last place you want to... With a three-hour bus ride home. Yeah. I found out right when we got on the bus. And so I'm trapped in this like tin can for three hours. Like, yeah, it was... It was, was hard. It was hard. It was hard. And then obviously like, you know, debriefing the night and like, I just wanted to get to the room and I didn't want to say anything. And we had just spent all day and, you know, it's, it's tough. It was, we had some people sick that day and it was like a whole thing, Yeah. you know, and we had somebody go to the hospital that night and, you know, there was just a lot going on and managing, but everybody stepped up and 
I got to take the day off the next day and Kim took the group whitewater rafting, which was nice because I got a chance to, you know, just kind of reflect on everything and regroup and then was ready to go by that night. Um, obviously not the same, but, you know, enough to manage. But yeah, it was definitely a tricky situation. That's the first close person in, in my life that is in my family that has passed away, you know, and so it was kind of a, you know, it's a lot of my mom that was her best friend and they spent every waking moment together and just, you know, so it's like my mom, my sister was there with her kids and, you know, they were there in the room with her. She was surrounded by family and... And Papa. And, well, obviously Papa was there. I mean, they, they're they not two inches apart from each other, you know, for 65 years. So, you know, it's just been tough with that dynamic and, and you know, still trying to be supportive and, you know, it's tough because we're posting on social and we're, you know, look at us whitewater rafting and look at us having fun. And I just feel like my family was going through something very painful. And that was a weird concept yeah. for me mentally Yeah. to deal with. Same. I know. It's tricky. Because it's like we're not going to like not post and not show up as ourselves because we're leading a trip. Right. Again, it's not just you and I on vacation. We're with a group of people that we're leading a trip. So it was this weird dynamic. And yeah, also not going to go on and on and on on social about your Nana dying either. Oh. Like that's just... But that's just not me anyway. I'm not the guy that's going to... I'm not going to write you a happy birthday to the sweet love of my life. Like <laughs> who is that for? Like really? Like if you really break that down, I'm not going to get on a high horse, yeah. but like who are you writing that for? Yeah. Right? Like are you really writing it for your wife or your significant other? Like really? Like you? that's why there's Hallmark cards. Like you write those things to a card and you give them to them. It's a show. And I just believe it's a show and it's a, it's a sympathy grab. And well, I don't, I don't know if it's a sympathy grab. I just think, okay, for me personally, because we share, we share our whole life on the internet. Like I, I'm, we're very open. I have no, I share everything. I don't, there's not things I'm like, Oh, I don't want to share this, but I'll like, we pretty much are open books. And obviously we've in the past have on shared posts about anniversaries and things like that. But like when I really think about it, like it is, it's I want you to come to me and bring me breakfast in bed oh and bed and a hug and a kiss and a happy ending and a brunch buffet in the bed and tell me how much you love me. And like we know that with each other. Like I think when you put when if i'm writing you a love poem on instagram that's for other people if i, I write you a love poem and give it to you and read it to you with a beautiful voice that's for you and i to share together so it is this weird dynamic of like yeah, but you're wanting that response like yeah that's, you're that's doing it for other people like, think about it if you posted that on facebook and nobody responded nobody sent you prayer hands oh my right? god I like can't. you know what i'm saying like Yes, like prayers. I, I believe in prayers. I would 100%. rather. I would want my family and my inner circle to be praying and sending prayers for peace and 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 love and things like that. Like that means a lot to me because I, I just don't want people that I went to high school with sending me prayer hands. Like that don't, I, it just doesn't, that are not even really praying. It doesn't for you. land, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't. And maybe they are. I'm not saying that, no judgment, but I don't need that recognition. Yeah, I think that's what I was saying. Is like this. 
this conflict of, you know, sharing your whole life on social media, which we do and we're very open about things. But then there's things that I now more so than I used to, I think, feel more private about. And that is the things like when I'm sharing with you, it's for you or with my mom on her birthday or my sister or Nana or your like, I feel like those are things that like I'm just going to tell you in a card or face to face. I'm not going to necessarily write it out on a post to share with other yeah, whatever people. Whatever happened to sending a text? Right. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, and that's I feel that's how I feel about it. It's like I yeah. I it's more intimate and beautiful when it's just shared between the people that it's meant for. Right. But again, I'm not opposed to being like, oh, we're celebrating our 13th anniversary in Costa Rica, like. Like love yeah. you, like that's different. I'm not writing you a love. But you're poem. still you're still saying like Aaron and I are celebrating our 13th. No better place to do it than Costa Rica. It's a place we've always wanted to come, and it's the place we we're supposed to go on our honeymoon. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Like that's a post, right? Like here's all the cool things we did. It's not like because of you, the love of my life. Like <laughs> I'm here in Costa Rica on this day and this time, and like 10 years ago when we were struggling through our bit. Like who the fuck are you writing that for? Yeah, like I'm gonna share those intimate details with right. you. So anyway, that's yeah. that's that. But it, we are sharing it here on the podcast. The podcast feels very... Intimate. Yeah, it feels intimate to me. It's a place that we're talking and we're sharing and, you know... But again, I'm not going to sit here on the podcast and go into a monologue... Of what Nana meant. Yeah, like that's something that mm-hmm. we all know, but I, I will share about it and talk about it here. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Plus, nobody gives a fuck. That's true. Like, honestly, when you really break it <laughs> no down. No one like, gives a fuck. Right. Remember it. Yeah. All right? True. It's true. So take your prayers and aw, shove them up your ass. Oh, Like, I'm sad for you. Uh, you know. And that's kind and thoughtful. Yeah, and but it's, it's like literally not two hours later, they're still thinking about. Themselves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this took a turn. Okay, the thunder and the weather is here, so we have to go. Um, <laughs> what? We have weather rolling We live in, in. Florida and it's a summer. Like, no, and I, it's weather. I want to get a I want to go watch a movie. Babe, we got shit to do. Oh, uh, I know. All right. Anyway, um, that was that. Thank you for listening. We will see you. <laughs> what an anticlimactic. Yeah, I know. It was, like, it was like, okay, thanks for listening as you look like a cabbage patch. Well, got to go. It's thunder and lightning. Apparently. No, you say the weather is upon us. Why do I say that? <laughs> because that's what we say. What? Not once have we said ever <laughs> in our existence of being together. Have you ever said the weather is upon yes, us? You've said there's weather. Yeah, we have weather moving in from the west. It is now <laughs> upon us. Okay. I don't know what happens at the end of these podcasts where you like turn into like a hardcore like person or an old English or I think because I give so much energy to think about what I'm gonna or like what I'm not what I'm saying but like think focused on this that then at the end I just have brain mush okay fair, fair. all right guys we will Wait, how are we gonna cook dinner in the rain oh we gotta go out oh shucks no I'm just kidding that was a test that you failed cook salmon in the air fryer remember how much we love that oh good call yeah All right, we will see you guys next week. Make sure to follow us at Kim and Aaron G on Instagram and stay safe.
Oh my <laughs> god. The weather is upon us. Okay, bye. <laughs>